RTHK News. It's one o'clock. I'm Steve Dunthorne. The headlines. Debate continues on yesterday's budget with claims that the public finances are in a far better state than deficits had implied. A Green Group says it's disappointed. Anti-pollution measures are only targeting private vehicles. And the Financial Secretary is challenged by a phone-in caller who questions whether he understands how ordinary folk live. A tax consultant says Hong Kong's finances are in great shape, despite warnings from the Financial Secretary to expect another five years of budget deficits. Yesterday, in his budget, Paul Chan announced a deficit of more than $257 billion. But he predicted economic growth of between 35 and 5.5% this year. John Timpany, the head of tax in Hong Kong at KPMG China, told RTHK that Hong Kong would rebound quickly once COVID-19 was under control. Hong Kong public finances are actually in a very strong position. We still have, you know, very large reserves. You know, even at the end of the forecast period, you're still talking you know, nearly 750 billion of reserves. So the government's balance sheet remains very, very strong despite these deficits. The Green Group Clean Air Network says it's disappointed that the Financial Secretary offered nothing in his budget to encourage the phasing out of polluting commercial vehicles. Mr Chan did propose raising taxes and licence fees, but only for private vehicles. The group's CEO, Patrick Fung, says he believes there are deep-rooted issues that stop the government from taking action on buses, minibuses, trucks and taxis. These issues include infrastructure, uh, funding and investment, operation and business model, etc. Uh, I think the industry and government need to talk about what are the gaps and how best they can be filled in. Before these deep-lying issues are to be settled, I think the government uh, will still be very unwilling to set a hard target to phase out the internal combustion commercial vehicle. The leader of the pro-business Liberal Party says increasing the stamp duty on stock transactions was one of its proposals to the government. The news of the 30% hike sent the local bulls down by almost 3%. But Felix Chung told RTHK it was the fastest way to raise money for the government and wouldn't affect the economy too much as the stock market is booming. The money from the north is backing up the financial market in Hong Kong. The other reason is there is a trade conflict between China and US. And you know, the US government are not allowing certain of the Chinese enterprises to work in the financial market in the United States. I mean, the Chinese corporations has come back to Asia. The only place that they come back is the Hong Kong financial market. So, I mean, under these two scenarios, I still believe that the stock market in Hong Kong will be booming in this coming year. So I don't think that increase will eventually hurt the financial market, but certainly it will increase the income for the Hong Kong government. A day after presenting his budget, the Financial Secretary called on people to support small and medium-sized businesses with the $5,000 electronic vouchers he announced yesterday. He says he expects the handout to boost the local economy by 0.7%. Critics say a cash handout would better help the needy. But speaking on a radio programme, Mr Chan said people could use the vouchers for daily necessities or food in markets and restaurants. A caller to the show said many places used by the underprivileged didn't have the e-payment machines necessary to process the vouchers.
Stores at three markets in Tumun and Yunlong don't have octopus machines. The stores selling three portions of vegetables for ten dollars don't have octopus machines. Maybe the secretary doesn't know how we grassroots people live. We don't want to spend money now. We want our basic livelihoods supported. If we need to spend a thousand dollars each month, maybe we don't urgently need anything and prefer to save it for later. But if we have to spend it every month, it will just help big corporations. A former government adviser on welfare has described the plan for low interest rate loans for the jobless as unsympathetic. The finance chief said people who'd lost their jobs for more than two months over the past year could borrow up to $80,000, guaranteed by the government. Retired social work and social administration professor Nelson Chow says he believes less than half of those eligible will apply. He says what they need is cash to see them through a difficult time, and loans can increase psychological stress on people with financial problems. Those who apply have to go through a very long process. I think they have to produce documents proving they are unemployed. And it's only through the financial institutions. I think that would take a quite long time. People living in poor quality housing or facing long ways for public flats will begin moving into converted rooms in hotels and guest houses by the middle of the year under a government plan to provide so-called transitional housing. The government will seek $95 million from the Community Care Fund to subsidise NGOs that will rent 800 rooms and select tenants. The NGOs will also set rents, which the government must approve. Raymond So, the Under-Secretary for Transport and Housing, spoke through an interpreter. After the hotels and guest houses do not participate in this service anymore, they can go back to their original business. But there is a precondition. They must take part for at least two years to ensure that there will be a security of tenure for the tenants and the tenants do not have to be evicted. President Xi Jinping has declared that China has scored a complete victory in its fight against poverty. President Xi made the announcement while addressing a grand gathering in Beijing to mark the country's accomplishments in poverty alleviation. Since the launch of reforms in the late 1970s, mainland figures show that 800 million people have shaken off impoverishment. President Xi said China had contributed to more than 70% of global poverty reduction over the same period. Turning overseas, the US President Joe Biden has signed an executive order to identify and fix weaknesses in the supply chain for critical items like pharmaceuticals and semiconductors. Recalling the worst days of the pandemic, with its severe shortage of protective wear for health workers, Mr Biden said that the US should not have to rely on a foreign country during a national emergency. We need to stop playing catch-up after the supply chain crisis hit. We need to prevent the supply chain crisis from hitting in the first place. And in some cases, building resilience will mean increasing our production of certain types of elements here at home. In others, will mean working more closely with our trusted friends and partners, nations that share our values so that our supply chains can't be used against us as leverage. The British security agency GCHQ says it's expanding its use of artificial intelligence to tackle increasingly sophisticated criminal activity in areas including child sexual abuse and people trafficking. Here's the BBC's Gordon Carrara. The world is awash with data and GCHQ wants to deploy artificial intelligence to make the most of it by finding patterns hidden inside. 
This could include trying to spot fake online messages used by other states to spread disinformation, mapping international networks engaged in human or drug trafficking, and seeking out those who try to hide their identities online when engaged in child sexual abuse. Tackling these issues takes data, computing power and expertise. The Australian Parliament has passed landmark legislation that will require big tech giants such as Facebook and Google to pay media companies for the news content shown on their platforms. The BBC's Shaima Khalil reports from Sydney. The news media bargaining code had been fiercely opposed by the US tech giants long before it passed. Last week, Facebook blocked all news content to Australians over the standoff, but then reversed the decision after negotiations with the government. The law passed with new amendments, which would make it possible for Facebook and Google not to be subject to the code in some cases. However, both companies have now made lucrative private deals with some big Australian publishers, which has been widely viewed as a compromise. Australia's law is seen as a test case for similar regulation in other countries to get payment from digital platforms for news. The International Air Transport Association says it expects airlines to lose between around 95 billion US dollars this year because of travel restrictions and low passenger confidence. Here's the BBC's Jonathan Joseph. In another sign of how badly aviation is suffering, London's Heathrow Airport says passenger numbers fell nearly 75% last year. With so few people flying, airline industry body IATA expects losses this year of between 75 and 95 billion dollars and wants more government help. It says 2021 is off to an even worse start than expected and is launching a travel pass to try and kickstart the industry. It will help passengers prove their coronavirus vaccination or testing status. IATA's boss told the BBC the data will be securely held and may help travellers avoid quarantine. It should be ready by April. Hungary has started inoculating its citizens with a COVID vaccine developed in China amid lagging public trust in the jab. Here's the BBC's Nick Thorpe. More than half a million doses of the Sinopharm vaccine have already arrived in Hungary, enough to vaccinate a quarter of a million people over the next seven days. Since late December, the main vaccines available have been the Pfizer-BioNTech, followed by the Moderna, the AstraZeneca and the Russian Sputnik. While the Chinese and Russian vaccines were approved by the Hungarian health authorities, they're still being studied by the European Medicines Agency. That has made some Hungarians hesitant. Only 27% of those polled by one agency said they would be willing to receive the Chinese jab. Elephants in British zoos are taking part in an experiment that could help save the wild relatives. Here's the BBC's Helen Briggs. The vast database of 30,000 thermal images of zoo elephants is being used to train cameras to recognise what an elephant looks like from the heat it gives off. The new technology can identify elephants at close quarters, even in the dark, and issue an alert. It's hoped the cameras can be deployed in countries where wild elephants roam to help avoid conflicts with humans that can take their toll on lives and property as well as elephant populations. People and elephants are being forced into ever closer contact as the human population grows and wild habitat disappears. Financial news a short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 3309, that's 590 points down on the previous close. 
Currency is US dollar trading at 105.97 yen, the euro is at 1 US dollar 21 cents, and the pound will get you 10 Hong Kong dollars and at 96 cents. One of the finance line, billionaire Li Keqing has reclaimed his position as Hong Kong's richest man, according to an annual ranking by Forbes Asia. Sport now, here's Damon Pang. Thank you. In football, Manchester City put on another dominant display in the UEFA Champions League. Ball into the area. Bernardo Silva is there on the corner of the six-yard box arriving with a little header that bounced across goal and in. Gabriel Jesus also found a net for Man City as they cruised to a 2-0 away win against Borussia Mönchengladbach in the round of 16 clash. It's the 19th straight win in all competitions for Pep Guardiola's side and he spoke highly of Bernardo's effort. He's a good header, honestly. I know it and the goal was fantastic how the way he finished it and especially with attacking midfielder arrived to the box attacking midfielder had to arrive and Bernardo and Gundo they have this special quality Elsewhere Real Madrid needed a late goal to defeat 10 men Atlanta 1-0 in their Champions League first leg tie more from the BBC's Austin Harewood Real arrived in Italy struggling with injuries. Zinedine Zidane only had 12 senior players fit enough to make the trip. They were given a boost early in the first half with Atalanta going down to 10 men. Remo Freuler shown a red card for bringing down Mendy who was clear on goal. Real were undoubtedly the best team from then on, but they struggled to score. It looked like Atalanta would hold on for an impressive draw, but Mendy's late goal handed Real the advantage, with Atalanta left with it all to do in the second leg. In the Europa League, Tottenham are the first to advance to the last 16 after beating Austrian side Wolfsburger 8-1 on aggregates. The Spurs won 4-0 on the night, thanks in part to a fine performance from Dalielli, who opened the scoring with a spectacular overhead kick. In golf, 15-time major champion Tiger Woods will not face reckless driving charges following the single-vehicle crash in which he suffered serious leg injuries in Los Angeles. The world of golf continues to react to the crash. Rory McIlroy says everyone should just be grateful that Woods is still alive, while Brooks Kepper says they all owe Woods a lot. He's the one that brings the fans. It's the whole reason probably 90% of us are out here playing. The only reason the sponsors are here is because of him. The tours, you know, everything they've done is basically because of Tiger. You know, without him, our game's a long way behind. So everything we do is because of him. In basketball, Danilo Gallinari set an Atlanta club record with 10 three-pointers in a 38-point spree that carried the Hawks to a 127-112 route of Boston. The forward broke the mark of nine triples by Steve Smith in 1997. The Celtics have now dropped eight of their last 11 games. The International Olympic Committee has chosen the Australian city of Brisbane as its preferred partner to host the 2032 Summer Games. The IOC said no final decision on the host city had been made, but that it would start more detailed discussions with Brisbane. And that's your spot. To end the news, the top stories once again. Debate continues on yesterday's budget, with claims that the public finances are in a far better state than predicted deficits had suggested. A Green Group says it's disappointed anti-pollution measures are only targeting private vehicles. And the Financial Secretary is challenged by a phone-in caller who questions whether he understands how ordinary folk live. The news from RTHK. The government is providing free COVID-19 vaccination for all residents. Priority groups include those who are highly susceptible to infection or have increased risk. You can book online. 
Vaccination is being offered at community vaccination centers in 18 districts, hospitals, and designated clinics in phases. Outreach service at care homes is also provided. Protect yourself and others. Get vaccinated. Book at covidvaccine.gov.hk. Electors who have moved should update their registration particulars with the Registration and Electoral Office by the 2nd of April. You may submit your application by post, email, or fax, or online. Remember to submit address proof for change of residential address. The deadline is the same for change of functional constituency. Check your particulars on voterinfo.gov.hk. For inquiries, call 2891-1001.
afternoon and welcome to the 123 Show with me, Noreen Mir, on this Thursday afternoon. Thursday, the 25th of February is today's date. Welcome to the 123 Show. And many thanks once again to Phil Whelan for the morning brew. The time has come.